Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. We're not praying for God to get the victory. God's already got the victory. It's already there. We have the victory. So we are to fight from victory, not for it. With Assistant Pastor Chad Campbell. That faithfulness, no matter what that battle looks like, if you continue to stay in that spiritual battle, you continue to stay in that spiritual fight, the way that you are supposed to fight that faithfulness will deliver you. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Continuing to stay in that spiritual battle, that spiritual warfare, continuing to fight the way that God was telling him to fight, and they overcame 32,000 with 300. Now, let's join Assistant Pastor Chad Campbell for this week's Sunday Sermon. So over the past couple months, we've been talking about spiritual warfare. Um... And continuing to speak about spiritual warfare. And last time we got together, I was talking about the devil, Lucifer, the adversary, and that this being is just as real as the person sitting next to you. He's not some myth or some excuse for us to blame when something bad happens to us. John 12, 31 says, Satan is the ruler of this world, and he's just as real as you and I are. Just as real. People don't want to talk about it. You remember I, I gave you that statistic, more than 60% of people believe that the Satan is just some made-up myth. He's not even real. Satan went after Jesus. He tried tempting Jesus. He couldn't tempt Jesus, so he goes after the next thing. Us. The followers of Christ. We have one purpose here on earth one purpose and that's to remember that we're a vessel we're a vessel of God to minister to each other to love each other to be there for each other that's our purpose now everybody has these different works and you have a very specific work that you were called for but that's our purpose and the devil need, cannot get to Jesus, so he tries to go through us. And that's what this spiritual battle, this spiritual warfare is, to distract us. It's to distract us. And people think about the devil being this red-horned, caped, ugly-looking. No. Beautiful. Beautiful being. Devil is very, draws you in. It's not this ugly thing that we're able to see from a long ways away. He's deceitful, father of lies. And he uses other people. Remember, he uses other people, other resources to get to us. Because you are a being of God. He cannot make you do anything. But he can persuade you. He can manipulate you. And he can use other things around you to get you to do what he wants you to do to distract you. Remember I told you he's like a sweet tart. He's a sweet tart. You bite him and he's going to taste great. But then the next day or a month later or a year later or 10 years later, that sour taste is going to get you. And it's going to make you pucker. It's going to make you pucker. And you've heard this many, many times. We've talked about this, I mean, two months worth of this. But if we knew the tactics and the strategies that the devil, your adversary, 
is going to use to come after you. Then maybe we wouldn't have to spend so much time trying to rebuild our lives and we could focus on increasing our spiritual growth. You guys know what I'm talking about? You feel like you're going through, yeah, I know this, I know this devil, but I'm always constantly trying to rebuild my life. I'm always trying to refix things because I got sideswiped because I wasn't paying attention. You guys with me on this? I could be alone, I'm telling you, but that's what happens to me. And we have to be real with ourselves. What is my weaknesses? What are my soft spots? What is those parts of me other people may not know anything about that makes me so vulnerable for these attacks? That makes me so vulnerable that I'm missing it and constantly trying to rebuild because of these. The devil is smart. Your adversary, the one coming after you, is smart. He is not dumb. People are like, oh, that dumb, dumb. He is not dumb. He's been doing this for years. He's been doing it for years. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Ephesians 6, 11, which you've heard a hundred times over the past two months, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil. Your battle is against the spiritual forces of evil, not against each other. Remember, Jesus had 25, hang with me, 25 references, 25 references about Satan and documented encounters. 30% of Jesus' interactions and parables had to do with demons. Almost a third of Jesus' parables were about the demons that we face. He didn't go out trying to find the demons. He didn't go out trying to keep casting out all these demons. That was rare. But he's warning us, and he's warning you. They are there. You have to look for them. You have to pay attention to them. So it's like, why two months of this spiritual warfare? Why did pastor want us to do two months of this stuff? First off, because people don't want to talk about it. It's easier not to talk about the devil. Because it's easier to blame something, easier to blame somebody else, easier to blame some type of situation rather than say, all right, here's my opposition. Jeff is much bigger than me, but I'm still coming after you. Right? It's easier to blame than it is to address. You guys with me? Yeah? Much easier. Much easier. And there's a spiritual realm that we talked about a couple weeks ago. There's a spiritual realm that all these battles are being done in. I don't get it. I still have a hard time thinking about it. I'm in this physical realm, but there's a spiritual realm where the fight is actually going on that when I pray and I get down on my knees and I'm praying, I'm changing things in the spiritual realm to change things in the physical realm. Weird. But that's what the Bible says. That's what it tells us. And we can change it. We can change it. We can affect the spiritual realm by what we do here. We can affect what we do here by not affecting the spiritual realm. 
confusing. You with me? If I turn my head and quit looking at what's happening around me, I can't, I can't expect it to change. It's not going to change. We fight from victory, not for it. We're not praying for God to get the victory. God's already got the victory. It's already there. We have the victory. So we are to fight from victory, not for it. Because Christ has already won the war. And this is still, this is still hard for me. The spiritual, <laughs> the spiritual realm, physical realm battle, and something's already been won, and I I'm still, feel like I'm still fighting in it. Right? You guys with me? All right, go ahead and put up that picture number one. So some of you guys know uh, I hunt, and I love it. And my brother-in-law, and he's like my hunting partner right there. And so these pictures are from um, But we have been hunting for the last pretty much 10 days, week and a half. We were out hunting. And um, I'm one of those people that when you start, when I start doing something, I have a hard time just trusting what other people say, like I have to learn it. I have to know it. I can't just take your word for it. I've got to study it, and I got to study it. And last year, we went on our hunt, and I got squat. <laughs> nothing, nothing. So this year, I was like, I am not, not going back and coming back empty-handed. I'm not doing it. Because our family, we hunt to eat. That's what we do. My wife grows our vegetables, our fruits. We hunt our food. That's what we've eaten elk for the last two years. We're out of meat. We need more meat. That's what our hunt's about. And my daughter said, come home with meat, but don't come home with a baby. So that meant no spikes, right? <laughs> okay, so for those of the hunters. So just for, if you're not a hunter, don't worry, I'm not putting up any pictures of any deer, okay? Um, because I don't want to offend anybody. But for this hunt, I spent I, I'm seriously, I spent like 40 to 50 hours listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos. I was like, meat eater on Netflix. Like he is, he's, I'm watching. What is he doing? Where is he going? What's he watching for? I talked to as many hunters as I could. As many of my patients that are hunting, I'm like, what's your tricks? What do you do? What are you looking for? Where do you go? You know, I wanted us all. There was five tags that we had. I wanted us all to be successful. And if I could do anything for that, I wanted to do it. So I prepared, I prepared, I prepared, I prepared. And in this whole preparation, it's like, what are you going to hunt for? Well, we're going for deer. What's the purpose of the hunt? Is it a trophy hunt? Are you going for meat? We're going for meat. Where are we going to go hunt? Once we find it, how are we going to get to it? You're going to have ATVs, four-wheelers, you're going to walk, you're going to drive like my father-in-law. What are you going to do? <laughs> you guys got that, Daniel. Don't worry. There's more coming. There is more coming. What size gun do you need? What's the windage? What's the altitude? What's your bullet size, your bullet grain? What's the barrel to I mean, all of these things. You're studying all these things about where you're going because you're starting to prepare. You're going to your range. You're figuring out how good am I sighted in at this yardage, in this yardage, in this yardage. How far can I shoot to make sure that I'm successful? Because if anybody knows hunters, they are, most of them are very respectful of the animals. They are not going to try to harm an animal unless they know that they are going to be successful with that. They know that. Right? So you have to know, where can I go? What can I shoot out to? What can I do? 
How am I going to pack that thing out? We each had like a mile and a half pack out. Uh, up and down and down Mount Lemon is where we were. What type of clothes am I going to wear? I didn't know. You know, everybody wore camo. Why? Because you blend in with the surroundings? No, it's actually because deer, green, brown, and even reds, all they see is a blob. They just see a blob. They can't distinguish it out. I didn't know that until my 40 to 50 hours of all this reading and studying. So I have my camo. Some people put out salt licks and traps to try to lure the deer in. You take your partners with you to glass, to watch for danger. Any hunters know mountain lion and bear, they'll stalk you. They will stalk you. And you have to be watching for these guys. You have to be watching for it to help each other out. Food, drinks. There's usually a more experienced hunter out there that goes with you. Somebody who's hunted more that is going to give you a little bit more advice. It's going to give you little tiny tricks. Or when chaos and things happen, they're going to be like, hey, let's go this way because they have more experience in that than you do. Where are they at? Sometimes they're on this side of the mountain, depending on the weather, the rain, the foliage. It's always changing, right? But the one thing that always happens is that deer is always vulnerable to the hunter. Always vulnerable to that hunter. Even to my father-in-law who drives around telling God to bring him out of the bushes for him. Right? (laughs) Always vulnerable. If that deer steps out into the open, that hunter's waiting. Always vulnerable. The devil, go ahead and go to pick two. So the devil does the exact same thing that us hunters do. He prepares. He prepares. He watches you. He's constantly studying you. He's constantly waiting for you to step out into that open field. He's just sitting there waiting for you so that he can distract you, so that he can take you out. What's your weak spot? Watching for his opportunities, putting the salt lick out to lure you in. Watching, are you hanging out around all those oak tree acorns or those mesquite beans? I know that's where they're going to be hanging out. I'm going to watch them. They're going to come for it. I know they're going to come for it. I know it. First Peter be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. We've been talking about this for the past two months, and you hear all these Bible stories. Zerubbabel, Ezra, Nehemiah. Zerubbabel going back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, lead a large group back. Ezra coming back to bring the Torah, the, the laws, and the community back to Jerusalem. And then Nehemiah coming to build the walls to protect them. And they did what God told them to do. They were listening to what God told them to do. And all they kept doing was getting met with opposition. Like, I'm doing what you're telling me to do, God. Why do people keep coming after me all of the time? So they go into this spiritual battle. It's a spiritual warfare. It's easier just to quit than to keep doing what I'm doing when people keep coming after me, when I'm doing what you're telling me what to do. We live that. We live it. 
so sad that the last words that Nehemiah says is, God, please just remember what I did. That's what he said. Just remember what I did. Because they did all of this effort. They put all of this time in, and the people just went right back to what they were doing before. Just went right back to it. God, please just remember what I did. I did it for you. I did what you asked me to do. And the whole point of those books, that book, is that the heart has to be transformed. It has to be a transformed heart in order for change to happen. It has to be transformed. Daniel, taken into exile, being told that he had to do, we're not going to go back into this, but being told that he had to do things and he wasn't going to do them. He was true to who he was, even so much as being thrown into the den because he wouldn't worship their gods, the, themselves, the king. Wouldn't worship them. So he's thrown into the den and God closes the mouth of the lion and delivers him. Because he continued to stay. I did what God's telling me to do. I'm doing what God's telling me. No matter what it looks like here, I know this is what God's telling me to do. It has to be what I'm supposed to be doing. And the whole thing with Daniel is it represents the faithfulness. That faithfulness, despite what you, that faithfulness, no matter what that battle looks like, if you continue to stay in that spiritual battle, you continue to stay in that spiritual fight, the way that you are supposed to fight that faithfulness will deliver you. That faithfulness. Even if it doesn't seem logical in your own head. David, unlike David, right? David walks out, sees a naked woman. I want her. She's mine. He lost that spiritual battle. He lost that spiritual battle. He didn't lose the war. He lost that spiritual battle. In 1 Chronicles 21.1, it says, Satan incited David. The man after God's own heart, Satan incited him. Satan persuaded. Satan, here you go. What do you think about this one? What do you think about this little salt lake right here? What do you think about these little acorns? I want them. I want them. Gideon facing the 32,000. God takes him down to 300, continuing to stay in that spiritual battle, that spiritual warfare, continuing to fight the way that God was telling him to fight, and they overcame 32,000 with 300. These are all the stories that we've been talking about over the past couple months. And Elisha, Elisha in, in uh, Syria, Syria was trying to conquer them, and Elisha kept having, he kept knowing everything that was gonna happen before it happened, so the king was like, Go get him. I want him. So Elisha and his servant wake up one day and they're surrounded by all of these, these military. And his servant's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he said, God, open his eyes. He opens his eyes and he sees all of God's army surrounding them, protecting them, protecting them because they stayed in the, the battle the right way. They knew what they were fighting against, not who. What am I fighting against? The devil, Satan, the adversary, the salt licks, the temptations, the persuasions. That's what I'm fighting against. That's what we all fight against every day. 
You know, we were out there. Um, it says in Hebrews 1.4, you have angels waiting, just waiting for you to call on them to do this. We're sitting out there for eight days, uh, nine days, I'm sorry, nine days. We're sitting out there, and I don't know if you've ever really went and sat in the mountains somewhere and just got quiet and how long you sat there. But I can tell you, after you sit out there for about two hours, not like Caleb with headphones in, <laughs> but it was amazing. The dude, we get out there, 7.30, he went to bed at 7, he fell asleep at 7.30 and woke up at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 2 o'clock in the afternoon. My bad, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. He slept the entire, on a rock on top of that. But we're sitting out there. John is all the way around a mountain from me. And I'm sitting there, and I can hear him walking to me. I could hear the footsteps. I could hear it. And when that happened to me, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, this is how we hear it. This is how we see it. I am so into my surroundings right now. I am so into what's around me that I can hear, I can see any of these attacks that are coming at me because I'm so focused on where I am. If I put the earbuds in, I'd never hear it. I would never have heard him. I can hear the side-by-sides way off in the distance. Like, all right, they're over there. Maybe they're going to spook something up over here. But when you're so deep into that, you can hear it. You can see it. Dennis had a big one that was around 1,100 yards away from us. So we're like, all right, we're going to creep up on this guy. So we snuck all the I mean, it took us forever. We snuck up on this guy. We got almost 300 yards away from him, took up off the mountain because he smelled us. He smelled us. The wind shifted right when we got there. Instead of coming this way, came from behind us, right up where he was. Right up where he was. He was paying attention. He was quiet. He could smell. He knew his surroundings. He knew what was normal, and he knew what was not normal for around him. Just like the devil does that to us. Go and go to picture three. Just like the devil studies us. Just like he's watching your every move. He's watching your weaknesses. He's watching your vulnerabilities. He's tempting you. Just like he does that to us, we have to be doing that to him. We have to know what are his tactics? What are his strategies? What are those things he's going to do? All that, what are my weaknesses? Be real with yourself. What's weak? Is it gossip? Is it lust? Is it porn? Is it money? Is it being selfish? Is it being the top? You're gonna be, you want to be seen as the best? What is it? Be real, because that's what he's going to come after. That's how he's going to try to get you to start licking that salt or put the headphones in. We have to be watching at all times. Something doesn't smell right. Something's not smelling right in my family right now. That's not how my daughter acts. Something's not right with my wife. I'm not quite sure what's going on. All right, what's going on here? Why are these things starting to shift? Why am I starting to hear footprints? Why am I starting to smell these smells when those aren't the smells 
that are normal for me. Because something's not right. Something's not right. You have to know those tactics. There's a method if you know, that African hunters use to capture monkeys. You heard of this. And what they do is they take this uh, large plant, uh, a calabash, I think is how it's called, and they make a hole in it just large enough for the monkey to put his hand in. And inside of that hole are a bunch of peanuts. So the monkey puts his hand inside of that hole, grabs the peanuts, and makes a fist around them and can't get out. He won't let go of the peanuts. They capture the monkey because the monkey won't let go of the prize. The monkey won't let go of what it thinks it wants. So it dies. It's going to use whatever it is you won't let go of. Because you can't just let it get. I'm going through this, guys. <laughs> Y'all get one day. This has been three weeks for me, all right? Especially the last eight days. Let go. I got to let go. Our pastor, let it go. Let it go. I didn't see it like that. Let it go. Because it traps us. And mine are different than yours. My weaknesses are completely different than your weaknesses, completely different than the next person's weaknesses. We're all different. But I have to be truthful with it. And I really have to, if I really, really want to be successful in this, in this spiritual warfare, I have to be real with myself and I have to allow God to show me what are my vulnerabilities. And I have to accept that, that that is a weak place for me. But God's gonna work through the people, the internet, the social media, whatever. That's where it's coming. Can you recognize it? Do you think you can recognize it? It's like a magic, magic show, a magician. The magician's gonna constantly be doing this over here, right? You're like, yes, that is amazing. While he actually does the effect over here. Pay attention over here, because I'm gonna change your life with this hand over here. I'm gonna change your life over here. Does it smell right? I hear the footprints. Quit looking at that hand. Just like the serpent in the garden. Just like it. It says the serpent's more crafty than any other. He's not dumb. Again, we cannot say that he's dumb. More crafty than any other. Did God really say to you, don't eat of that tree? Or did he just recommend it? Because I'm going to tell you, when you eat that apple, that's going to be a good apple. The devil wants us to focus on the good, the goodness of whatever it is I want to do. The goodness. Don't pay attention to the bad part of it. The tree of good and evil. Don't pay attention to the evil part. Just look at the good part. This lie will save my job though I'm going to lose all my friend coworkers because I did it, because they know the truth. That dude or chick, man, they're, they're hot, though I lose my spouse and my kids because of it. I want that house 
I deserve it. I've been working, doing this for this long. I deserve that house. Now I'm married to my job to pay for it. I got my house, but I'm going to be working forever. And I'm not going to see my family or my kids because of it. He wants us to pay attention to just the good, not the evil parts of it. And so many resources that we have now with the internet and all this kind of stuff is that we can get so much knowledge. I know the schemes of the devil. I know the attacks of the devil. I've seen how this happens with other people. I know about the word of God. I know what the Bible says. I know what God says. I know this. I know this because it's all over. I can read it as much as I want. I can study it as much as I want. But we can't smell that smell or hear those steps unless we're in that place. And there's only one place that you're able to go to have that, and that's with the relationship with God. It's the relationship with God. It's not the knowledge. Yes, we learn, and we should respect that, and we learn, and we learn, and we learn, and we read. It's the relationship with God that is going to tell you these is a funky smell. There are steps coming at you from somewhere. Where are they coming from? James 1.14. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Go and go to a picture four. So we could say five ways to avoid Satan, 10 strategies to do this, um, 20 strategies to do this, 10 tactics to do this. The most important thing is the relationship with God. It's that relationship. It's that quiet time in prayer. All the stories and everything we've been going through over the past two months, even if it's just one minute a day, one minute, you're building on your relationship with God to be equipped for this spiritual fight, this spiritual battle. From the experiences when you did trust him, I did trust him that time. All right, I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna keep praying about this even though I don't know what's happening. I'm gonna keep doing this because God was faithful last time. He's gonna be faithful this time. Listening to that still small voice, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Oh, I did it. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Funky smell, funky smell. Some of the people will be in the battle with you. John and Dennis, now we, we went. We hiked uh, 20, 30 miles. Ricky came up for 20, 30 miles we hiked with guns and packs and all that kind of stuff. So they were in that battle with me and then I had my family, my wife, my daughter, my son praying for me at home. They weren't in it. They were praying for me. I need that. I needed that. They're, spy, they're fighting for me as well. And recognizing that the battle is not with that person. It's not the government. It's not Democrat, Republican. The battle is not that. The battle is the spiritual battle, which is done in your relationship with God, on your knees, praying watching for the smells and listening for the steps. Staying true to who you are no matter what comes around you. No matter what kind of presence of company I'm in, it's not 
when in Rome, do as Rome? No. When I'm in Rome, I need to be Chad, the Christian, the follower of God. When I'm at a party and everybody's drinking, I need to be Chad, the Christian, the follower of God. I need to stay true to who I am. When I have a rough day and I come home, I'm not going to yell at my kids. I need to stay true, Chad. I'm Chad, the Christian, the follower of God. I need to show the love to those kids. We can't be like the teenager. <laughs> the teenager, right? You might have teenagers. I'm learning because I was one once. With teenagers, watching, watching your all's teenagers. I'm learning from you. It's just like this 40 to 50 hours of podcasts and stuff. I'm watching y'all for like 12 years. I got to figure something out before my daughter gets there because she's already way too much for me. So <laughs> teenagers want their independence, want to be 100% independent, but still want your provisions as a parent. I want to be 100% independent in this life, but I still want God to provide for me. Uh, where, is that, where is that separation? Where is that discourse there? Why can I do that? But it sounds so not right with a teenager. I have to be listening. The relationship, listening, smelling, listening for those steps. Because we can't overcome Satan on our own. He's not weak. He's not dumb, and you cannot do it. You cannot do it alone. We cannot win those daily spiritual battles on our own. God can. He's already done it. And if we're able to start paying attention to those attacks, to those attacks, then we're not going to be like the monkey that won't let go of those peanuts. We're going to see it. We're going to let go and realize that's a trap. That was a salt lick. That was that trap. I got to get out. I need to stop doing this. I need to stop putting myself back in this place. Remembering that I'm a child of God. He doesn't fight for victory. I don't fight for victory. I fight from victory. Because Christ already gave us the victory. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.